I watch too many movies. I watch too much TV. Anything else to add? I'm head of HR. The world needs more robots. I still have a page of notes. I wasn't paying attention. Our lightning rail. No, I'm not ready. I'll just wing it. I'm in the zone. Roll for initiative. May the force be with you. Always. Classic. Whatever makes you a discerning The Discerning Geeks Portal. Welcome back, Discerning listeners, to the Discerning Geeks Portal, where each week we take a discerning look into all things geek. My name is David, and I am here with my best friends, Andrew, Todd, and David. Guys, how are we doing this great evening? Pretty good. How about you? Doing good. Doing good. I realized I forgot my drink this week, but I will have to make up for that next week. Yeah, have you sampled the butter buzz yet? I did. I enjoyed the butter buzz. Oh, okay. I, I thought we were saving that for on air, so I've been saving well, my, I dr- I, Go ahead. You gave us two, right? You gave me one for me and one for Leanne, and Leanne and I split, split hers. So, <laughs> but, oh, okay. so I still have one left to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm good for our, our recording, but yeah. I've been scared of the butter buzz. Oh, you haven't tried yours yet? No, it's just sitting there, and I'm kind of staring at it going, mm, I don't know about these stuff, man. <laughs> but I did try another Dragon's Nectar, and even though... Oh, yeah, I, I've had some of that stuff now. That stuff's good stuff, man. I mean, you drink about half a year, you fly. <laughs> <laughs> I can see our strategy is to ignore the fake accent and hope that it goes away. And it doesn't have a ton of flavor, like I said in that first review, but it, it kind of like you, it grows on me. Yeah, I enjoyed the... Yeah, we had... A couple of the dragons nectar at the beach. Oh yeah, you can uh, have a tangerine and be like sitting around with the dragon stuff, and you just seep it all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just we just totally lost our Latino demographic. <laughs> oh no! Wait, did you have any demographics to begin with? What are you talking about, man? Why? 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 I mean. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they would like a little more representation in this thing. Stop talking! <laughs> it's not all about seeing my little friend and things like this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Some dragon con, a little tangerine. It's good stuff, man. Maybe some nine. <laughs> what? Should we move on? <laughs> wow. Here come the men in black. Oh, wait, black. I mean black. Sorry. <laughs> The difference is, I make this look good. Um, yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna rep- we're gonna talk about Men in Black. Todd, give us a rundown. <laughs> okay. Yes, this week our movie review is for Men in Black. Men in Black is a top-secret organization tasked with overseeing the presence of alien life forms on Earth, many of whom are disguised as humans. A well-seasoned Men in Black agent and his rookie recruit try to track down an advanced alien power source known as the Galaxy before it is stolen by a hostile alien insectoid. Men in Black is starring Tommy Lee Jones as Agent K, formerly Kevin Brown, Will Smith as James Darnell Edward III, eventually Agent J, also starring Linda Fiorentino as Dr. Laurel Weaver, Vincent D'Onofrio as Bug in an Edgar suit, Rip Torn as Chief Zed, Tony Shalhoub as Jack Jeebs, Shoban Fallon Hogan as Beatrice Eggers' wife, 
Mike Nussbaum as Gentle Rosenberg and Carol Stroykin as an Arquillian. And the reason I put him in there, he's got a little bit part in there. And, and like I said, it, it, he plays an Arquillian, so he doesn't even get a, a, a proper name. But some Star Trek fans might recognize him as Mr. Home, the quiet valet of Betazoid Ambassador Lawaxana Troy from five episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. He, Come on, man. That is not even his most famous role. He was a monster, man. The monsters. <laughs> uh, in Adam's family? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, I have a, a little bit of trivia on that. He did play in Adam's family and Adam's family values, and they were directed by the same director as this movie. So that might be how he got the part. Ah. Uh, Men in Black was released on July 2nd, 1997, with a rating of PG-13. It was written by Ed Solomon. It is loosely based on the Men in Black comic book series created by Lowell Cunningham and Sandy Carruthers. Um, oddly, it lasted only three issues from 1990 and another three issues from 1991. And unlike the movie that focuses on alien life, Men in Black in the comic also deal with demons, mutants, zombies, werewolves, and vampires. Uh, the movie was directed by Barry Sonnefeld, and where you can find it, it's on Peacock with ads, but also available for purchase or rent from the usual sources. One of the things, if I remember correctly, in the movie, there's a shot of the World Trade Center, which is kind of spooky to see in movies and, and TV shows nowadays. It's kind of hard to believe that this movie is one year away from being a quarter of a century old. So I haven't done it in a while, but I thought I'd go over a little bit of the things that went on in 1997. And I know this segment can sometimes run long when I do it. I'm going to try to do it really fast this time. So in 1997, Bill Clinton started his second term as president of the United States. Tony Blair became Prime Minister of the UK. Madeleine Albright became the first female US Secretary of State. Hong Kong returned to Chinese rule after 156 years of British rule. Divorce became legal in Ireland. Unfortunately, in that year, we had the deaths of Princess Diana, Mother Teresa, James Stewart, John Denver, and Jacques Cousteau. We also had the births of some actors that might be recognizable. Chloe Grace Moretz from the Kick-Ass Movies and Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. Uh, Asa Butterfield from Ender's Game and The Space Between Us, both movies that we reviewed. So check out those reviews on our podcast. And Macy Williams, who played Arya Stark on Game of Thrones. Also that year, Pathfinder, the lander and rover, landed on Mars. Steve Jobs returned to run Apple Computers. The hybrid vehicle... Toyota Prius was unveiled, and the first Harry Potter book was released, which is weird because I thought they were released earlier than that. On TV, the TV rating system went into effect. Ellen DeGeneres came out as lesbian on her sitcom Ellen. Jerry Ryan made her first appearance as Seven of Nine on Star Trek Voyager. And 1997 was the year of debuts for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, South Park, Earth Final Conflict, Team Knight Rider, the animated Men in Black, the series, uh, which lasted 53 episodes across four seasons, and a few of my favorites, Stargate SG-1, The Practice, and Ally McBeal. Steering things back around to movies, the top 10 films that were released in 1997 uh, by domestic box office were the big one at the top, Titanic. Number two was actually Men in Black that we'll, we'll be reviewing tonight. Then from there, it was The Lost World Jurassic Park, Liar Liar, which is the only movie on this list I haven't seen. Air Force One, which is a good movie. 
as good as it gets goodwill hunting which actually got a mention in our previous episode mm-hmm. so check that out star wars special edition my best friend's wedding which has a pretty good soundtrack and a james bond movie tomorrow never dies and not in the top 10 list but also released that year were jerry Maguire, empire strikes back special edition return of the jedi special edition private parts the howard stern movie the fifth element which somehow did not make it onto our wheel of insanity speed Two cruise control Batman and Robin, Face Off, The Peacemaker, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Starship Troopers, and Scream 2. Hmm. So lots of stuff happening. And like you said, that's, gosh, we're going to go on next year. It'll be 25 years yeah. since uh, Men in Black. So what did you guys think of this movie? Uh, Dave, this was yours. You, you it was? Yep, you suggested this one for the Wheel of Insanity, and we rolled your number on this one. So what do you think of Men in Black? I don't know, man, because, like, I was looking to see more of my peoples, and the only place they show up is, like, the first part of it. I mean, I don't understand it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And, and, you you know, like, they're being stopped at the border. I don't know why. They were just sitting in a truck. They weren't doing anything wrong. And, you know, I think guys jump out and they're all like, get out of the truck. And, and the other guys show up, the two guys in the two black suits, and, and they're all like, you know, welcome to America. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, you know, luckily most of my people went. And then all of a sudden, like, they get to this one guy who evidently does not understand Spanish. I don't understand that. And, and then you'll find out the guy's an alien. I mean, like a real alien. You know, not like, not like you know, hey, I'm from Guatemala. He's more like, <laughs> you know, he's more like from, you know, hello, I'm from Venus or something. And I really probably should start talking like this. That is confirmed. <laughs> yep, 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 tell me how hello, much you hate me. Just saying. At, at first I was like, where are you going with this? And then I remember, oh, wait, that's actually relevant. The first five minutes of the movie. first five minutes of the movie is some illegal aliens supposedly trying to cross the border. Uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 this film to me is a fun ride. It's not anything that's going to be like, you know, obviously hugely poignant or deeply meaningful or anything like that. If you think that this, that's what this movie is going to be, just forget it. Just forget it. It, to me, it's just a fun ride. And it just really is. It's just a fun ride of like, what happens if there is like a, you know, I forgot what he tells the guy about where he's from, you know, section 13 or whatever it is. And the other guy's like, there is no section 13 or, or, or whatever. And, and, uh, getting all the backstory stuff is what I really like about the film, you know, how evidently there's an airport or spaceport of some, hor- some, some fashion in which like all the aliens come through and they're given like strange identities and, and cover-ups and, and, how, where they can stay like most of them are supposed to stay in manhattan unless they have a special visa you know will smith's character's talking about like i knew that like my math my seventh grade math school math teacher was like uh was like for venus or something and and then like zed who's rip torn's character is like no no it's actually misses something something from jupiter yeah one, yeah from one of jupiter's moons and clicks it and brings her up and and so it's one of those kind of things where it plays on those ideas and when you have those those thoughts as a kid about like i think she's an alien you know that kind of thing about how it might actually be true and and so me to me all those kind of things just kind of flow together in in being fun 
Um, and, uh, you know, what would it possibly be like, you know, to have this sort of secret organization that, that is not on any book, everything's deleted about them. So these people absolutely literally don't exist. Fingerprints burned off, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, overseeing this alien population that supposedly just walks around, you know, the earth. Uh, and to me, like I said, it's, it, it just seems like a, it's just a fun ride. All right. So Andrew, this movie is, you know, like 10 years older than you. Is this the first time you'd seen it or had you seen it before? Ask Joanna's nephew since he's so cool. <laughs> are we having, are we having a little jealousy here? No, he's jealous of me. That's why he corrupted the track. You know, down in Mexico, we could always have your, you know, you could get your rooster and he could get his rooster and you could have a fight. Gosh. You need to stop talking. That's Okay, we're doing a lot of inside jokes and stuff tonight. We really should clarify. All right, so when when, when Andrew is talking about Justin, uh, Joanna's nephew, that's a reference to our Dune review. So check out about a third of the way through the Dune review if you want to see what that's about. And then I, I realized that we didn't explain the whole Butterbuzz thing or the uh, Dragon's oh, nephew. <laughs> Those those are drinks that I brought back with me from Dragon Con uh, a month ago. So yeah. yeah, check out a couple of those the Dragon Con episodes and the uh, the other review where we drank our dragon's nectar, which I think was also the Dune review. Which I think it was the Dune review. Uh, part of the reason it was so long. Yeah. Um, no, seriously, was this the first time you had seen this, Andrew? Yeah, it was. Okay, what'd you think? Did, did, did it hold up? Is this entertaining to the to the today audience? It was kids good. today, but it's not what I expected. Okay, I thought it how's was that? Be more serious, but it seemed like it was directed towards a younger audience. Okay, but it was good. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a tongue in cheek movie. You know, just- you kind of think it looks like it's going to be a really serious movie, but, and there are elements of it where it kind of almost leans into a serious, but no, it's, it's really kind of just having a good time and, and fun. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't point out the really cool opening credit scene where you're flying with this bug as the credits are, you know, to, I can't remember a movie before that doing something like that and maybe i'm wrong and maybe it was just the way that they did it that it caught my attention but i can remember being in the theater going this is wild we're following this bug (laughs) and what does this mean why are we doing this um of course i think it then splats on a car windshield um or the it was the the truck with (laughs) with the illegal aliens was a truck among people in it man yeah um and uh, and splats, and you're like, oh, okay. That kind of lets you know about how serious this movie is going to take itself. Todd, you had kind of grumbled when this came up on the wheel of insanity. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. What 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 what's the grumbles? How how do you feel after watching it again? Did it re- revive itself and renew itself and the love in your heart? Well, I kind of remember not liking the movie, but I wasn't sure why, because it'd been forever since I'd seen it. But I also remember disliking it enough to not bother with any of the sequels. Uh, So I was kind of dreading it. I was afraid I was going to hate it. 
in watching it, I realized it's not terrible. I didn't totally hate it. I think I still technically don't like it, but it's not as bad as I remember. And when we get to the bad stuff, I can go into detail on, on my problems with it. But I was also pleasantly surprised to see that the thing that made it not worse was one enormous redeeming quality. And when we get to the good stuff, I'll go into detail on that, too. Okay, okay. I'd be curious. That's you've got me teased now. Um, yeah, I enjoy. I, it's this is a movie that's that's fun and and it doesn't take itself very serious, but at the same time, high acting, you know, high special effects. The costumes were cool. The, you know, the aliens I thought were pretty cool. Um, I love the fact how they went and they basically just robbed all the chrome they could find out of a plumbing store and made (laughs) all the weapons. That's the greatest thing ever. Oh, yeah, because it's just all these chrome. uh, It's like all these chrome-plated weapons. And I'm just sitting here going, they just went to the chrome section of of, uh, Home Depot and went, give me one of those, give me one of those, give me one of those, give me one of those. And some super glue. (laughs) Some super glue, super glue, a little clear tape. We're all good. But, yeah, I thought thought that was pretty cool. I've enjoyed this movie. Um, You know, like I said, it was, what, number two top in the box, box office when it came out? You know, if you want something, I guess, a little deeper, then you should watch a boat sink in Titanic. I'm not sure what it says for the top movies of that year when you have Titanic and Men in Black, but that's what well, that's because <laughs> what you had was in Titanic, you had people that were willing to sit for two and a half hours with their girlfriend hoping to get laid for the last 15 minutes of the movie. And that's the reason it was number one. Then you had the people that either didn't have girlfriends or had really cool girlfriends that wanted a fun ride through the whole like two hours they were going to sit there, and that's the reason you had Men in Black in second. Ah, yeah. I, I had almost forgotten about the scene in the morgue where the the Edgar monster, you know, alien was in the there, crotch. <laughs> and uh, she's trying to let Will Smith's character, you know, Jay know that he's there and he just thinks she's coming on to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hold on, honey, hold on. We'll get there. And she's like, no, I really need to show you something <laughs> and pointing down. He's like, well, let's, uh, um, but yeah, no, there's a lot in this movie. That's just fun. And even the fact that, you know, what is it? They talk about the hot sheets. Oh, we go check the hot sheets and they go and they're getting all the tabloids and, and then he, they go, yeah, some of the best journalism out there. It's written like that. You know, the movie is like, you know, these stories out of tabloids, this is kind of what we got. And this is what you can expect in the movie. Um, and I thought that was cool. Uh, what other positives? What you guys like about this? What you guys think? Let's take it step by step. What do you guys think of the acting? You know, we got you know Will Smith who owned the '90s, you know, summer blockbusters, and you know, some other big name actors, like you mentioned already in the breakdown. Um, yeah, and this is connected to my main redeeming quality. So, should I go next? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, my number one enormous redeeming quality 
in this movie is Tommy Lee Jones. And it has to do with, like you said, the performance. Uh, in fact, I think I've got a little bit of trivia on that. I think at some point he wanted to play it more comedic. Yeah, Barry Sonnefeld claimed that he directed Tommy Lee Jones to play every scene straight. Jones became frustrated that he wasn't allowed to do comedic takes, while Sonnefeld insisted that Agent K had to be completely serious for the comedy to work. And that was the best decision that Barry Sonnefeld made for the entire movie, because that was the part for me that made it at least a tiny bit enjoyable, was seeing Tommy Lee Jones deal with all these absolutely ridiculous situations, but handle them absolutely seriously. And I think the movie would have gotten a little bit off the rails and been too ridiculous. If even he didn't take it seriously, it would have been nothing but zaniness and comedy. And I think it just wouldn't have worked. The fact that this was still a job by, I I can't remember if it was a government job or, or if this was actually a top secret independent organization, like outside of the government. I can't remember which, but either way, it had an important role of actually doing important things of policing and managing the presence of aliens on earth. And that is an important role. And they were, you know, uh, trying to prevent invasions and stuff like that. So he was actually doing a serious thing. He needed to be a serious character. And I think the casting of Tom Lee Jones was kind of perfect for that. Uh, in fact, I've got a little bit more uh, trivia. I think Clint, well, whenever I do the trivia, I admit I get it from IMDb and I'm not sure how accurate all this is, but supposedly according to IMDb, Clint Eastwood was offered the role of K, but turned it down. Uh, also when it comes to Will Smith, uh, supposedly Chris O'Donnell and David Schwimmer were both offered the role before him of Agent J. And uh, I guess they turned it down or, or couldn't make the schedules work or whatever. And that's why it eventually went to Will Smith. Oh, and I think as far as director, Quentin Tarantino was at one time attached to be director. Whoa. So imagine, <laughs> imagine a movie with Clint Eastwood and either Chris O'Donnell or David Schwimmer for, from Friends being directed by Quentin Tarantino. That definitely would have been a different movie. But I think that Barry Sonnefeld made the right decision making sure that Tommy Lee Jones played it completely straight. In fact, there are only a couple minutes in the movie where I think Tommy Jones isn't that great. And one of them was when he was laughing and it was kind of fake laughing. And it reminded me a little bit too much of his role of Two-Face in Batman and Robin. So That's not a fair comparison. Uh, well, maybe, but I, I think that, that was the right decision playing it straight. And it, it really enhanced the movie for me. Like I said, I still technically didn't like it, but it was timely Jones that, that saved me from hating it. I can see that. I can see that. Um, and he did, he played that straight role, even as all these weird things are going on around him. And it made you feel like this was his every day. So to us, we're just seeing these glimpses of these aliens for the first time through Will Smith's character, Jay. Um, but for him, it's his every day. So, you know, they, they take him out on the first little thing, right? And the one guy's gone out of town, going out, you know, to get a ship and he's leave, left his district um, and his wife's pregnant. And Will Smith has to help birth the baby. And, you know, it's basically this octopus looking thing that slams him into the top of the car and swings you know and we see that going on in the background and Tommy Lee Jones is just in the front going oh yeah yeah he's fine <laughs> you know, it's like aren't you gonna help him no 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 he's good he's, he's a pro he does this all the time and so yeah that that role of the the straight next to Will Smith was was perfect 
and and uh, just comedic genius in a lot of places. So, uh, what about you, Dave? What do you think of these characters? You know, seeing we're talking about Tommy Lee Jones, it's not so much that he didn't get to have a, a couple of good funny scenes, and I, and I think a lot of it comes from the dry humor. Um, like I still think one of the funniest scenes is when he when he scoops up the dirt from the bottom of the hole, and he's like, "Zed, we got a bug," and yeah. you don't know what that means. <laughs> And it's not really that funny. It's just one line. But yet I do giggle every time I hear it because it's, it, it does come to the point where sometimes c- comedy can work in the opposite direction where you, you don't quite – it's so not zany that it's still funny. The other thing is – and the big scene that always makes me laugh is when they're in the car. He's, he's already told him don't push the little red button. And then this time they get to push the little red button. And of course, Will Smith has not buckled up. So now they're they're driving upside down in the Lincoln Tunnel or whatever it is. Um, Will Smith's just tumbling all over the place, and uh, they have an eight track in the car, and he he pops in a thing of Elvis. And Will's like, you do know that Elvis is dead. He's like, no, he's not. He just went home. But yet, it's funny because you're looking at him, and he's. He's driving the car and he's singing along with Elvis and his hair's hanging down and he just starts bopping like he starts bobbing his head. And so his hair is doing this just weird stuff. That's one of the most funny scenes in the whole film is just them driving upside down and just that whole crazy mess that's going on. Um, So it's not like he didn't get a a chance of doing some things. Um, I do uh, enjoy the acting uh, very much. You know, Will Smith playing the, the whole smart alley cop. Uh, that whole kind of uh, Beverly Hills cop type of character. Cause I mean, that's kind of what it's based on to me is, is that uh, young New York cocky cop that's, you know, just doing his job, loves his job and he falls into this mess. And then, you know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, being as serious he is, as he is. I still love the fact that they pull up to, um, you know, they talk about like how they're going to talk to the, they're going to talk to this guy from who's really big in galactic politics and they they pull up and it's a newsstand and it's just that that guy that looks like he's death warmed over and and he's all like <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. All like yeah you know that's not a very good disguise and then the dog talks and he's all like if you don't like it you you know I forgot what exactly what he says but it's some you know if you don't like it you can kiss my other cheek or whatever and uh, you realize that the dog is the galactic politician you know expert. Um, so I mean I do love how this this film will will most definitely like throw you loops when it can. I think it does a very good job of of giving you the the unexpected. You kind of realize it can't be that guy. You know, it can't be the guy that looks like he should be from another planet. But yet you don't really know until the dog talks, till the pug talks. And then you're like, so there's a planet somewhere where there's all these pugs running around. That's interesting. Yeah, and I've always liked Rip Torn. I've never really seen a movie that had Rip Torn in it that I did not like. I don't think there's ever been a movie. And I know that Rip Torn's never really – I've never actually seen a movie where he was a main actor. He was always a supporting actor. But, yeah, I agree. The acting helps very much in this film. Oh, yeah, great acting. Except from the bug guy. I didn't like him. So 25 years ago, special effects. What did you guys think? I mean, this wasn't like a special effects – heavy show movie but i mean we had some cool weapons we had some spaceships you know we had some you know like i said the the aliens i think was probably 
most of the the effects and things like that. But what do you guys think of the special effects in this on now almost 25-year-old sci-fi movie? For 25 years ago, they were pretty good, honestly. <laughs> I think they work well because a lot of them are practical. I think there's so not it's, I mean, about the only CGI that I can think of is the car. And that really wasn't that difficult because it could be it worked well and holds up well because they drove an old like Detroit, you know, square car, you know, which in the 97 in 97, you could probably still get one. Uh, you know, it's not like today where all like everything's almost all curved or rounded or, or, or like an SUV shape. So, I mean, we're just talking about a box car here. And I think that was part of it. The show that kind of like the, the, the men in black had been formed in like the seventies and eighties, maybe, or sixties or seventies. So that was what everybody was used to driving was these old big, you know, iron cars. And so when they came time to turn it into a, you know, jet engine, so to speak, everything could be ang- angular. Because it was just like, we'll just split the back out and then have the, the thrusters come out and, and just kind of make it slightly aerodynamic. As opposed to when you watch the second movie and Will Smith has like the newer car and they it kind of has to be more smooth and aerodynamic. And, I, and you could tell that there's much more CGI in it. Most of the special effects that were in this film were, I think, probably, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think probably relatively easy because I think most of the stuff was prosthetics, uh, practical effects, props that needed to look like certain things. And really most of the CGI was just, okay, here's the galaxy, which that's easy. You know, you just find a galaxy, which that was still cool. Don't get me wrong. Putting a galaxy inside of a marble was pretty awesome. But, you know, with like the little guys inside the, the human robots, that's all practical stuff, you know, because you don't see it till after the fact. And you could tell that most of that stuff was puppetry. Yeah, And so when it came down to real special effects, I mean, I'm not even sure I would not even I'm not even sure that you would say that the um, the spaceships weren't practical. I think most of those were just props. And so the only thing you're talking about CGI is is maybe is the gun shooting, uh, whatever makes the, the rockets go off, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, we're talking about uh, the CGI was really just attached to the pra- to the to the practical. And I think that's why it holds up pretty well, because the practical effects are good enough that they hold up because they still look like something that could be even years from now. What do you think, Todd? I didn't have a problem with the quality of the special effects and the just overall skill that went into them. The, the end result was done well. I don't have a problem with any of that. Um, I do have a little bit of a problem with special effects, so I can get to that when we get to the negatives. But um, as far as how well they're done, they did actually hold up mostly, maybe not entirely. And whenever they didn't hold up completely, I would just remind myself it's 24 years old and it's it's good enough. Okay. What other things do we want to talk about the positives of this? I mean, we got a song out of it, right? Will Smith wrote a song that became popular, you know, the men oh, in yeah. black. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Did uh, you not watch the credits? No. Yeah. His music, like, in black. his music video is on the credits. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I remember like, I don't remember how high it got, but a lot of people were listening to it. Yeah. It was on the radio and different things. So, um, uh, but what else, what else did you guys like about this movie? 
My only other positive is actually another cast member, and it's not Will Smith. It's Linda Fiorentino. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. There's, there was just something about her. She kind of grew on me. And maybe it's for a similar reason to Tom Lee Jones. Her performance was not over the top. It was kind of subtle. But for some reason, it still kind of fit, too. And yes, she did do that that one comedic scene pretty well where she was trying to point down as like, you know, trying to point to somebody who was hiding in front of her. And Will Smith's character kept misinterpreting. It, it was done well. And the weird thing is, I, I don't remember hearing that much about Linda Fiorentino. So I did a little bit of research and I think she retired from acting in 2009. And I don't know if that was willingly or not, because supposedly from some of the things that I read, she was hard to work with and it might, I don't know how true this is, but it might even be part of the reason that she was not around for the future of men in black movies. I think some people were like, I'm not coming back to men in black. If she's there. Um, I think Kevin Smith, the director of dogma particularly had some things to, to say about her. Uh, but again, I don't know how true those things are. All I know is as a character and as a performance, I really did like her in the movie and, and she's kind of like second place for the best thing in the movie to me. Okay. So let's let's go ahead and transition then. Let's get into our no, 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 wait a oh. There's still a character that we have to talk about Uh-oh. that Todd has failed to realize is the best actor in the entire movie. Is it the guy that played Edgar? Okay. No. No? No, no. Not the bug. Not the pug. The cat. Oh. <laughs> the cat never missed a beat, never missed a line, was on point. 100% of the time in this film could not possibly be better to be on screen with because he never upstaged, never was upstaged, just knew what it was doing the whole time. I, I don't know, Dave. I I think I've heard that he was difficult to work with, too. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Cat? Being difficult to work with? <laughs> no. There are all these stories from his co-stars of him knocking things off of countertops. <laughs> just, just just I bet you I bet he gave the art department hell. You know, when they were like trying to set things, reset things for sets, and he was just knocking the things back on the floor. Just boom, boom, boom. We thought it was a flurkin. No 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 the f- that was from Marvel. Yeah, I know. Actually, wait a minute. Does this mean that Men in Black and Marvel are connected? Is yes. that no. cat actually a flurkin? No. And after the Men in Black retrieved the galaxy and got it off of Earth, see, we don't think the cat was deported. So it's entirely possible huh. that is an actual flurkin that ended up in with Nick Fury. Just something to ponder because there's nothing to discount it. Huh. I'd rather not connect the universes. <laughs> Why not? I like Marvel. <laughs> something wrong with Men in Black. They had a guy that looked like Thor at one point, just saying. Oh, you're not wrong. That's yeah. right. See? Ah. <gasps> now, if you see like a hammer lying on the ground in one of the in the background of one of the scenes, then there you go. Oh, now you know what I have to say that that is one of my favorite scenes. Well, there's actually two, and it's when Jay first shows up to the to the Men in Black headquarters, and he's and he like pokes his finger into like the big globe. You realize that it's actually a world, and like they're all like, "Ah, oh, the end is here!" Because ah! like the water's starting to like rise and everything from him poking his finger in. But then the other funny one is the one where he pokes the ball, 
and he goes shoot around and he's all like oh man i'm gonna pay for that oh oh damn get that man some ice you know that kind of thing and i forgot exactly what it is just a really quick line you gotta pay attention but tommy lee jones is like was like yeah that was a practical joke from the great uh attractor and he's like and and he was like it caused the blackout of 1938 or something like that there and he was like he thought it was funny as hell you know and i'm just sitting there thinking this is the kind of stuff they have to deal with and and that's the reason why i like a lot of the stuff that happens in the background when it comes to this movie agreed agreed but what about negatives because that's where dave was trying to segue us to i feel like yeah i think we might have lost dave well andrew did you have any positives before we move to negatives not really. Y'all covered most of them. And as much as I like this movie as a whole, nothing unique sticks out to me enough to want to or warrant a uh, pointing out. All right. Welcome back, listeners. We had a little uh, technical difficulty there, but now we're all back and we're ready to move on to get into Todd's list of negatives about this wonderful, superb movie that didn't have any real negatives. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gringo, tell us what you think. I Todd, what you got for us? In the movie's defense, almost all of my negatives are purely subjective, which I guess you could argue that it's always like that with a movie. Everything is subjective. You know, we, we try to be objective and say this thing was – we try to say as objectively as possible, this thing was not as good as other things are in other movies. But this time it was just kind of just a personal taste kind of thing. I, for one thing, I thought the movie was kind of boring. Uh, the main thing was I did not like the alien creature designs. That's why I said when talking about special effects, that they were done well, the quality of them wasn't the problem. The problem is every single alien type was either like a, a squid type thing or an arachnoid thing or you know, it was always insectoid or aquatic or there was nothing. Uh, it, it's like they were, uh, they only drew from those two kinds of aliens. Everything was squid like or something. I, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the designs. They were done well, but I just didn't like them. Um, oh, also this. So Todd's uh, actually the, the, the racist here. There yeah, weren't enough human looking uh, aliens no, 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 like no, no. in Star Trek. Hey, <laughs> No, no, he's not racist. He's he's xenophobist. Xenophobist. Yeah, I see. Now we know. Yeah. Okay. There weren't enough of those aliens that look like he us walking an, he on two been, legs. He would have been an excellent recruiter for the Empire. Um, you know, like in, in all those other, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars type movies. So, you know, they. But, no, no, no. Star Wars had, had stuff that wasn't human. That's true. Todd, I'm slug. a wormist. We should start an alien racism support group. <laughs> wow. I'm just picking Todd. Um, no, no, no. I, I do see what you mean. The, the, the aliens were a, a little... They, they followed the aliens? The aliens were bipedal. They just were tiny. Yeah. And that was probably the best one. That, that one was kind of interesting that they are such a small size and they use robotic things that look like humans as kind of vehicles. I was kind of okay with that. And then you had the worm guys, which, yeah, they had really long middles, but they were bipedal. You saw a bunch of bipedal uh, in the in the airport. I mean, like, was that the one that had the birds in it, or was that the second one that had the birds in it? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but the, the, the worst example is the main antagonist, the bug that's in the Edgar suit. 
because one of my pet peeves in even some of the best movies and TV shows are guilty of this sometimes is the violation of the conservation of mass and energy. Uh, I know that science fiction has to kind of stretch the bounds of science sometimes in order to be science fiction. But there's one thing that always gets on my nerves is when something is made out of nothing or when something can shrink or grow in size or something. And, and I'm just like, where does all that extra mass go or where does it come from? So what I really didn't like was at, at the end of the movie, and this is a big spoiler in case we haven't said it yet. You know, we, we do spoilers in these reviews. The main antagonist comes out of the Edgar suit and he is a bug that is about three or four times the size of the Edgar suit. So one minute he is something that is the size of a human. The next minute he is the size of something that can swallow a human whole and fit a human inside of his stomach. And it's like, where was all that mass before crammed into the bug suit? It just it, it, it's one of those things that just kind of bugs me and gets on my nerves. And I've got more, but I'll let somebody else take a turn. I actually well, want to... Go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew. Okay, yeah. I want to actually... Yeah, I, I didn't like the villain at all. He kind of was like really lackluster and boring and had no interesting qualities whatsoever. So He's a cockroach. What do you expect? Uh, I have a bad history with cockroaches, too. Now, I didn't write this down, but in retrospect, I would have to give some credit to Vincent D'Onofrio for playing that role and doing a good job at it. I didn't like the antagonist either. He got on my nerves for the reason I've already mentioned, you know, being in a bug suit. I get it. He did a good performance at it. I just didn't like it. It, it was it was one of those situations of quality versus taste. I agree with the quality. The quality is done well. The taste, it just didn't appeal to me. It's hard for me not to point out, though, that Todd's the one that likes to play shapeshifters in all of our role-playing games. <laughs> <You know? laughs> don't use conservation of math. It's like, oh, I'm a halfling, and I turn into a cave bear. <laughs> but that's magic in fantasy, not science fiction. Okay, it's a little cave bear. It's only the size of a halfling, which is adorable. And that's the reason like, he beats everybody. Because when he comes up and goes, Rawr, they're all like, oh! And they can't hurt him. Uh, but no, no, I, I do understand. Yeah, Which that I, would be freaking hilarious. I think we need to have that one day where it's like, oh, you you need to pull in the the conservation of energy rule because that would just be hilarious to see halflings running around as like the size of like a baby baby <laughs> dire bear, and then everybody be, becomes a shapeshifter and it's like the guy's getting mauled by a family of dire bears. It's like that's the mom. There's the dad. Here's all the babies. In future, you know. Well, yeah, you can turn into whatever you want, but you're only going to be the size of what you are now. So. Yeah, so see, it's like that's that's what you could do. You could either be like, okay, you can either play it straight and just pick these few things, or you could turn into anything you want, but you will be the size that you are. So if you're a halfling, yeah, that eagle's going to be a foot tall. You know, they're going to. I just got another email from Todd, and I think he left his caps lock on again. He says his character was a gnome, not a halfling. I don't know why he sends these emails to me. I've never been invited to any of your role-playing games, so why the f*** do I care? Okay, I, I, do. I, I understand. Again, and then shapeshift into like the smallest and like fastest bug you can find. I have issues with the the villain. I mean, it's not a a blow you out of the water, you know, evil villain that you're dealing with in this movie. To me, that's a a, a just a trope of movies, right? You do a first movie. And it's the origin story of the heroes, 
you know, and so the villain some uh, most of the time is not great. You know, we've even kind of talked um, in our in some of our reviews of the uh, the MCU and some of those earlier movies. Some of those villains aren't that great because it, we're focused more on the heroes. We're getting their story, and and the villains are there just to kind of push the the plot along, and you have to have something bad to fight against. But usually, you get bigger and badder villains in future episodes. And Men in Black, I'm not sure that that's actually true because the the, the future movies weren't that great either. So in this this case, I give it a pass because that wasn't the main focus. The main focus was on the 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 backstory and the the creation of the heroes. Um, but I, so I'll give you, I'll give you that. I wasn't super impressed with the villains either. I don't know. I, I, I would have to jump in and defend a little bit here where I, it's not that I don't agree with you guys or, or the fact of, of the whole, yeah, it, it's going to take a little suspension of disbelief that the 30 meter bug that comes out of the six meter guy. Yeah. I know all about like how, you know, and I think, Maybe part of that explanation was, you know, cockroaches always be able to, seem to be able to get into places that they're not supposed to be able to get into, you know, it squeeze through to little tiny spots and all that kind of stuff. And so it's one of those where I kind of get that and I guess that's how I could dismiss it. But yeah, I, I understand why it could still be like annoying. But I'm also kind of like, you know, I don't think it was ever really about the villain. I, I think it was one of those where if if you go back and you pay attention to like how nonchalantly things were done about when they were leading up to figuring out who the villain was that it, that this particular villain was a threat, but it was a threat that evidently wasn't common. Uh, like for example, like, you know, he, he sco- takes the school soil sample from, from where the yeah. ship landed and he's like, please not green, please not green, please not green. And it's going up in these different levels of whatever chemical composition that they're doing. And it hits green. He immediately calls and goes, we got a bug. As you watch, and they kind of explain what a bug is, that these guys, they don't care. These are like the guys that go to a planet and trash it just to trash it. It's There's not anything beyond it. Like, yeah, he was looking for the galaxy, and he was trying to gain a, a foothold over the uh, Aurelians. But it was one of those where I could almost, I, I almost kind of had this feeling that there wasn't that many bugs, that everybody kind of made sure that these guys didn't get around if they did get around they never really not many of them got as big as this dude did this guy did you know what i'm saying i don't know why it was just the feeling i had that there was a hell of a lot more aurelians than there were bugs and that's the whole reason he was looking for an advantage he 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 wanted to be able to take out enough aurelians that he could get there and kind of destroy the planet so that he could like i guess you know breed his family or whatever you had all these normal human yeah there were cockroaches supposedly falling off of him and you assume those were part of his children yet there were plenty of times when normal earth insects got killed that freaked this guy out and he literally attacked people based on the way that they were treating bugs that most people would just normally kill straight away anyway to me that actually talk deeper into the character to me that supports the idea that there aren't that many bugs that yes they're very dangerous yes they destroy worlds yes people are wary of them but there aren't that many bugs in the universe because of that fact because everybody kind of goes no you just need to kill it because if you don't you're screwed well i did watch this movie with leanne and she hates bugs and Mm. so there were multiple times that like 
she was just curled up and and not looking at the screen just because she's like the you know she just doesn't like the bugs <laughs> and yeah even when the little ones are coming out of the dumpster she's just like oh you know and cringing so maybe there's a little bit of Buggest, uh, wormist, buggest. We're apparently against bugs is, and worms. Is your wife a xenophobist? Yeah, she's, she must be there with Andrew and, and right. anti anti so now we've got Three people to join our alien <laughs> yeah. racism support group. Um, <clears throat> she she was not a fan of of giant bugs either. So um, yeah, that was that. Maybe that's part of the issue. What else we got? What other negatives do we have in this? I would actually say that Will Smith's character was a negative for me. And not overall, it's not like he's completely unlikable, but this was during a time in Will Smith's career when he was taking all the comedic roles. In fact, he was hesitant to take this one because it was not long before this, maybe just a year before this, where he did um, Independence Day. And he felt like it might have been a little bit of typecasting to, to be somebody who's fighting aliens. Um, but he, back then, he was kind of still doing the over-top, over-the-top comedic type roles. And for some reason, it just didn't work for me. And I'm not even sure I can pinpoint why. It's just, it it, it felt like it had been done several times before. And maybe it was fresh at the time. <laughs> fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But, uh, but it's not fresh <laughs> now. Yeah, sorry. But it's not, it doesn't feel fresh now. It, it feels kind of done now. And so looking back on it, I, I don't know. I just felt like his style of humor in the movie was kind of over the top. And it's not that it's a bad performance. I just didn't totally like the material that was given to him. And part of the problem with the material that was given to him is another one of my pet peeves. And this is something that I've complained about before with the last starfighter. When we did that review, we haven't reviewed any Harry Potter movies, but I think Harry Potter would kind of qualify for this in the first movie or two of his series. But I hate it when, uh, when movies, especially sci-fi or fantasy movies, take some kind of new recruit like Will Smith's character and just throw him in and no training, no orientation. You might see a little bit of the reason why they pick him and, and then throw him in. But then once he's thrown in, it's like, yeah, here's your uniform and go to work. And there's like no training whatsoever. I mean, this is an organization that, like I said, is meant to stop intergalactic wars. And they throw somebody in there who's a hothead and who could start a war if he's not careful. And yes, granted that's why he's paired no, with no, 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 no. the organization uh, was never created to stop intergalactic wars remember the the according to what men in black said they declared earth the neutral neutral planet therefore that the, yes technically they weren't supposed to start intergalactic wars but it was also one of those where it wasn't necessarily that that was their job so when you know that was the whole point of when it said deliver the galaxy they have to find it or the the aurelians are going to vaporize the planet um, it wasn't necessarily that they were trying to keep Earth out of intergalactic wars. It was just a, we're, we were the Switzerland of the universe. And that's the reason, like, we had all these aliens here. Well, but still, there's the whole thing where whatever it is their purpose is for, he is not given a whole lot of training. And yes, granted, he he is paired up with somebody who's a veteran, but that guy is not really teaching him much. He's basically just like follow along and and, and do stuff. And, and he's, he's not really teaching. And, and that's one flaw with Tony Lee Jones' character is as much as I like him, he's not a great teacher. And so it's I don't like, know. He gave him the noisy cricket. Uh, yeah, but even then, he didn't give him any instructions on what it was, what it did. It, it, it's almost like he took sick pleasure in letting the guy find out on his own 
how things worked, yet that shouldn't be how it is when you're using all these dangerous things and dealing with aliens and stuff like that. So mm. that kind of stuff bugged me. And I've really, really only got two things and they're kind of connected. So this whole complaint about Will Smith's character being a rookie, but then at the end of the movie, he's not that much further along and he gets a rookie himself. That, that kind of bugged me. And then Dave, you've mentioned the galaxy several times, that whole thing about the galaxy being small. And, and I don't know if it was that the energy source just kind of looked like a galaxy, like it resembled one. And that's why they called it that, or if they were claiming that it really was a galaxy, kind of like that very last shot in the movie where aliens are playing with marbles and they look like galaxies. I don't know if they're implying that there really are galaxies that are shrunk down into energy sources that can be in a little tiny sphere. But that whole concept, I just didn't like. And I'm not saying it didn't make sense, which it didn't totally make sense. But even if it made a little bit of sense, I still just didn't like it. This this was another case of me just not of the movie, just not appealing to me very much on a personal level. You're not a fan of, uh, not a fan of Newton, are you? (laughs) Oh, and I would say if you didn't like Will Smith in this, you know, we should definitely do, you know, wild, wild West next. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I actually listened to a podcast recently that did an episode on wild, wild West. What was their review? I'm curious. Well, their podcast specializes in uh, taking movies that got a lot of nominations for Razzies. Oh, and, I got you. Um, and, I, and I was kind of multitasking. I was listening to them while I was working, so I don't remember every complaint they had. But they're, they're just like everybody else that, yes, it was a, a bad movie and everything, and they point out some of the reasons why. But one of the interesting things they did is they said, okay, now how do we fix it? And so they went into some of the fixes. And again, I was multitasking, so I don't remember every detail. But uh, they, they listed several things where, like, you know, if you change this, it could actually go up in quality a little bit if you just make these few changes. And I thought that was kind of an interesting take. Okay. What other negatives? Andrew, do you have some negatives that you wanted to point out in this one? Other than Will Smith's character being over the top and the villain being very annoying, I can't think of many other than just like little nitpicks, you know? What about you, Dave? Do you have any? Todd was talking about how, like, you know, he wasn't trained. And you kind of got an idea of why they picked him. And yet, if you really go back and watch that scene of when he first arrives uh, and everything he goes through, um, if you if you change it from it being a job interview to where you're being observed, you will begin to understand a lot more why they picked him. Um, you know, it's uh, there's the obvious one where like they're on the gun range and everybody's blowing away like all the aliens. And then Zed comes in and asks him why he thought that, you know, little little Jessica should be shot. And, you know, Will Smith is explaining how like this guy's working out and that guy's just sneezing. But she's like in the hood with like quantum physics books and she's about to start some crap. And that's why he shot her. But there's other things, too. And I think one of the big ones is the um, is like the the written test at the very beginning. Um, They give them pencils that'll break. The paper is not strong enough to to hold the the pencil to mark on Um, all this. There's no there's no flat surface except for this one table in the middle of the of the room. And and if you if you start kind of realizing a lot of the things, it's not so much about training as it is. Are they smart enough to realize that they have to get up and they have to, like, go get the table or move to the table? 
to do that test instead of trying to like hold it up or put it on their knee or 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 do something weird on the side of the of the chair and will smith is the only one that does it and and you realize that that's how that's why they picked him because what they need is they need people who will think outside of the box because that's what you're dealing with the lack of training is not so important as the thinking on your feet because you're going to be facing situations that nobody else has ever faced. Even if you're a trained agent, even if you've been doing it for years, you're still going to be thrown into situations and handling things that are absolutely 100% nobody's ever had to handle before. And if you don't have that basic thinking outside of the box, you're never going to make it to start with. This is why everybody else got flashy thinking and will went on. Um, And, so, I mean, I can sit here and defend a lot of things probably with the film in that way. But like I said, that's probably about the only worst one is that if you don't kind of – if the only way to fix it would be to individually go around and tell people, look, you need to pay attention to this, but don't think of it this way. Think of it this way. And you, you can't really do that easily. And so, well, you know, that's just how it is. I mean, the, part of the reason that we do this podcast is we each have different tastes. We each like different things. Um, and that's when I say we, that's not just even us for that's everybody listening and everybody out there. You know, there are people out there that love tofu. I can't stomach the stuff, you know, that's just a taste preference. Um, oh, yeah, know. man, I've heard of tofu. They go, they make good music. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there and and so from what I'm hearing, kind of from Todd, it's just a preference. This is not the style of movie that he likes. It's a, it's not a and and that's cool. That's okay. We've run into other movies that different people didn't like, you know, for different style reasons. Uh, Space Between Us, you know, some of the uh, yeah. There's been a bunch of them. The the luckily we can all agree that the greatest sci-fi movie ever made was Killer Clowns. From outer space. Say, yeah, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You know, there's. There, there's a lot of movies out there that, that some people love and and love for different reasons, and then there's some that you know, people just don't like, and it doesn't have to resonate with everybody. Which I've heard there may be a reboot of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't, don't no, say that. <laughs> oh no! Oh my! I, I hope that I'm. I hope. I just hope. Why? Why? Uh, why? Why? That's but, episode number twenty, folks. Check that out if you want to see what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, greatest episode ever the reason that we do this podcast is to to be able to talk about those things and say hey some people are going to like this movie some people aren't and this is the reason that some people like them and some people don't our hope is that you guys out there listening are going to kind of gravitate towards one of us and be like you know what i have a lot of similar interests to todd so if todd says that this isn't up his alley it may not be up mine but he also really liked this other movie so maybe i should go check that out you know so that's okay okay and that's why we're all discerning geeks oh yeah but let's wrap up our negative section and get ready to get into our lightning round uh, did anybody have any other negatives they wanted to share before we got into our lightning round? I have only one thing left, and it's not a total negative as much as it's just a little bit of an oddity. You know, part of the climax of the movie involves them blowing up the the uh, the antagonist, the the big bug, and so they're covered in slime. Then in the next scene, they go back to, to home base, and they're no longer covered in slime, so somehow they were able to clean up. But they're still carrying around the doctor from the morgue, and I'm like... 
if they took the time to clean up, why did they not take the time to drive her home? Just one of those little things that didn't make sense. Maybe it was on the way. Just saying. (laughs) I think at that point they probably knew that they were going to make her a man in black. Woman. Yeah, probably. And I think that's the purpose of her tagging along. But you think there would be a point where maybe she would either want to go home and be like, hey, guys, I'm going to get my own ride if you're not going to get me one. Or they would say, you know what, just flash the thing me and I'll call a cab. Yeah. yeah. Or, or they would get another agent, somebody that works uh, at the, the agency to say, drive her home and flash her on the way, you know. Um, Wait, wait, what? Flash her with a flashy thing, not the other kind of flash. Flashy thing, not flash. You'll run into into some problems there. (laughs) Sad. Good. There you go, Todd. There's your embarrassing moment for this podcast. (sighs) Joanna, make fun of Todd. He's awkward, funny looking, and procrastinates too much. Is that making fun of him or just being mean? I've always been told I'm not good at telling the difference. You know, that does kind of point out a very dangerous feature of the flashy thing, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's. You thought I, I sexually s- harassed you, Flash? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you were mistaken. <laughs> Would I owe you $100? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot that you could just erase somebody remembering that they did. And yeah, it could be easily very abu- very much abused. Yeah, just saying. Uh, uh, let's get into our lightning round before we get too deep into that rabbit hole. <laughs> Everybody get out your dice. Roll for initiative. 14. A <laughs> two. That's a terrible Adam Sandler impression. Uh, that's a 19 for me. Whoa. I mean, Dave, you're up first. I think, Andrew, you said you got 15? Yep. And Todd's 14, so Andrew will be second. Todd third, and I guess I'll wrap us up on this one for the lightning round. And then for those who may be new listeners, we always do our 30-second lightning round. Each of us has 30 seconds to talk about this film or anything else we want to for 30 seconds. Our next segment will be our rating, and we give our official score and rating for this movie so you know how it compares to other movies that we've watched. And Mm -hmm. Dave, Dave. you're up first. (laughs) He totally okay. forgot the order. And like, I did. I was like, wait, who the end? Wait, who goes first? Okay, ready? Sure. And go. Okay, let me explain this movie. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would take too long. Let me sum up. Prince Hopper did get ready to marry Princess Buttercup a little less than an hour. Great. Wrong film. <laughs> this movie, if it was like a Chipotle ball. <laughs> Would be like chipotle bowl with like a lot of rice, a little bit of meat, Time. Z- zucchini on top, <laughs> and that's this movie. Um, Andrew, please say marriage in that accent. You can't say marriage in a Mexican accent. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just try, just try. It's it's marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Um, Andrew, you got thirty seconds. 
It's on you. On me. Okay, Andrew, ready? Uh, no, but sure. Okay, and go. I like this movie. And I don't think it deserves to be a Chipotle bowl with rice and zucchini on top, but it was definitely in there. It, it was definitely enjoyable. And uh, my favorite part of the movie is when they flash people. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> now we're back to the flashing. Flashy thingy. Five seconds. Always flashing. Flashy thingy. Well, like when they flash the Mexicans for crossing the border. Time. You know what? They never flashed the Mexicans. Wait, they didn't? Nope. They flashed the cops, but they yeah. never flashed the Mexicans. They just put them on the on the on the truck and said, "Keep on going. They're fine." Man, that guy at the end, he was just nodding away. He was fine. Uh, Todd. Yep, I'm up next, and I went through all my notes. So, uh, yeah, for lightning round, I've only got one thing left. Here we go. If this movie were a Chipotle burrito bowl, the chicken would have tough, chewy, grisly bits. The beans would be just okay. The salsa, which should be the main thing adding flavor, would not be fresh, but the rice would be superb. It would be perfectly cooked, fluffy, perfect texture, texture, and would have more flavor than rice usually does. Uh, when you're done, you wouldn't think, oh, that was a good burrito bowl, but I guess you would say, well, at least it was a good bowl of rice. I told you. I told you. Did I not say the rice was perfect? A little bit of meat and some zucchini on top. (laughs) Wow. So, and in case my analogy wasn't perfect, the alien designs I didn't like were the grizzly chicken. The other story and special effects were the okay beans. Will Smith was the not uh, not fresh salsa and Tommy Jones with the perfect rice. You know, when you have to explain a joke, it doesn't work, man. (laughs) I'm just just saying. We're going to finish up with me. Okay, ready? I am ready. And go. Enjoy. Watch this movie. Enjoy it. It's fun. It's tongue in cheek. Go in with the knowledge that this is just a making fun of itself type movie and enjoy that. And then to wrap up, uh, congratulations to Captain Kirk, who got to go into space this week with the Blue Horizon space program. Uh, William Shatner. Awesome. 90 years old. Goes into space. Very cool. Time. Wow, sure right. kiss ass. I, I thought that was important to share. If I, this movie was like a Star Trek episode, Q would show up in the middle of it and go, it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we get into our rating. Ratings. This is where... The rubber hits the road, the numbers hit the page, and we give some kind of formal rating to formal movie. Well, for three out of four. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. And then Andrew makes up something and we listen to it. Um, So, Andrew, we'll let you start us off. Uh, (laughs) What will it be this week? Go ask your favorite nephew, Justin. Or Joanna's nephew, I guess. Okay. <laughs> what you got? What you got? What kind of rating system are we throwing together this week? And what kind know. of rating are we going to give I this movie? You're putting See too much me? pressure on me. I perform anxiety. They, they have pills for that. I mean, you're a little young, but I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> He's 13. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not even going to respond to that. But. I was going to say, the joke went over his head anyways. 
Dun, dun. <laughs> Andrew, what you got? I don't know. This movie was a movie. It'd be a C plus. Okay, C plus. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was enjoyable, but it was like just missing the like the pizzazz, you know, like uh, like uh, like you know. It, it was missing. It didn't have enough jazz hands. Okay, if it had more jazz hands in it, I would have liked it a lot better. See, it's like an Oreo without the double stuff, so it's just a single stuff. Like, it's good, but why would I ever choose this over double stuff? I okay, I got you. No, that makes See sense. how many years Oreo was simply just a cookie with one layer of stuffing? Wow, that's a lot of years that Oreo sucked. And, and, and no, because it was able to eventually have two stuffings in it. But to be fair, even when there was always only the one single stuffing, a lot of us already like pulled two of them apart and created our own and double stuff. them together. Well, now they, now they have fins, which are like a quarter of the stuffing. Oh, yeah. That's just wrong. Uh, okay. So my I'll be up next. Mine is a 10-point scale. It's been so long. I feel like it's been forever since we've rated. I'm like, is that right? Do I do a 10-point scale? Oh, yeah. uh, we, we were supposed to record this like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this is an enjoyable movie. It isn't, you know, groundbreaking. It isn't phenomenal. It's not one, but it's one that I've enjoyed every time I've watched it. I've seen it numerous times. Um, and so, yeah, I give it a strong eight out of 10. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm next with the letter grade. And as I've already stated, this was just kind of like a, a personal thing where the movie just didn't appeal to me. I can kind of appreciate the the effort and the quality that went into it. And in some ways it does hold up. It just didn't appeal to me for reasons I've already stated, but I, I got to reiterate that Tommy Jones is the saving grace of this movie and it saves it from being worse, but I still technically don't like it. So I gave it a grade of a C. Okay. That would be a grade higher than what I would give Oreo cookies. I've never understood the appeal of Oreo cookies. Oh man! Get out! That's just he like nutter butters. <laughs> Dave, that brings <laughs> us to you. This is a Saturday movie, like totally. It's a total Saturday movie. Like if you're flipping around channels, you're just like, ah, oh, there's got to be something on, got to be something on. Oh, Men in Black, you know, and you just go off and do whatever you want. And it, I mean, it's not a waste of solenoid. Uh, I would, but it's definitely it's it's not held up enough that I would say go spend money for it or anything like that. Um, or or even if you really have to own it, but it's it's still worth watching and it's still one of those where if it pops on not as out of 10 you're going to immediately recognize it doesn't matter what scene it's it was seen it is you're going to realize what it is if you're just looking for something to to kill time with enjoy giggle at make fun of whatever um it's so it's definitely a saturday movie okay i'm with you i'm with you and that brings me to asking our listeners where would you guys rate this movie? If you've watched it, let us know how you feel that it falls in your own rating system. If you would describe it as a Chipotle bowl, what all the ingredients you see would be in it. Uh, and you can do that by emailing us. At I'm telling you, if we don't get sponsored by Chipotle pretty soon, I'm going to get pissed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. geeks. Oh, I think we got to put a disclaimer here. That we aren't sponsored by Chipotle. We are not sponsored by this by Chipotle as of yet, um, but, but yeah. soon for the rest of our lives. Email us at discerninggeeks at gmail dot com. 
And you can also interact with us on our Facebook page, the Discerning Geeks Portal, and on Twitter at Discerning Geeks. We would love to hear from you and hear what you thought about our rating of this, um, what you thought of Dave's accent this episode, oh, no. <laughs> or any other topics that we discussed. Um, feel free to email us and let us know, or like I said, interact with us on our Facebook or Twitter. That brings us to Todd, Todd's favorite part of the show, where we spin the wheel of insanity. And we hope that it lands on something that is cool. Did somebody else want to spin this week? No. Yes. No, no, it's all on you. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm using different dice this week, though, because the last few weeks have not gone well for me. All right, here we go. You know this isn't going to work, right? Watch it land on... Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. I think we did eighty-seven. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Oh! Let me make sure. Am I on the right row? I thought that was eighty-six. Yes! Yes! No! Yes, yes, yes! Screw this! Ocean's Eleven. What? Ocean's Eleven. I I know that, yes, it, we, we usually do sci-fi and fantasy here, but we also did do um, Sneakers, yep. which I think was episode five or six. No, it, it wasn't five. It was six or seven. Um, we did do Sneakers. We do occasionally do heist movies, or actually, I think that's been the only one, but we ought to do more. Well, Ocean's Eleven is an excellent one. Okay, so. Logan Lucky's going on the next list. Uh, okay. Todd, I think you recommended this one and put it I'm on our sure. list. Is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. What do you think we should get out of Ocean's Eleven? Uh, well, for one thing, as the number in the title implies, that's got a huge cast and they're all just excellent. I, I love it when movies are able to um, really utilize good characters and give them interesting character traits and all that and give them interesting lines of dialogue and distinct personalities. And sometimes movies that have fewer characters have trouble doing this. This is a movie that has more than 11 characters and they're all distinct and interesting in their own ways. Uh, it's also a heist movie, which is, isn't automatically a good thing. They're bad heist movies, but this is one of the better ones. Also, as a whole, I love the entire Oceans trilogy and, and even Oceans 8, the, the kind of spinoff with the, with the women. It was, uh, and to be clear, the fact that it centered around women was not the problem. The story just wasn't quite as good as the stories that, that the guys got. Um, but the entire concept is, is really good to me. It, it was just luck that we rolled Oceans 11 because I think, I think 12 and 13 are on the list. Maybe not. No, no, just just Ocean's Eleven. Uh, so it's a good place to start. Maybe someday we'll be able to review the other two. I think okay. I've only, I think I've only watched it once, and it was okay. Wow! Now even I'm like, what? And I didn't even care to watch. I, I didn't even care to watch Twelve and Thirteen. Oh my goodness! I did. What are you eight. talking about, man? Thirteen has Al Pacino in it. <laughs> I did watch Eight, but yeah, they they didn't really. 
they didn't do anything for me. No. Okay, now I'm, so now, to, now I'm see worried we, about you. Now we're going to have to see if watching it this time I, it changes my mind. But uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see because it's been a long, long time since I watched it and I do remember it. I just remember it being full of a lot of plot holes and not making a whole lot of sense. So. Hmm. Well, it, it's interesting, you know, you went on earlier about how we're all different and, and everything like that. I noticed that in in our first few reviews, when we first started the podcast, we were kind of mutually picking a lot of movies that we that we all enjoyed. And every once in a while, one was sneaking there that, that we didn't like. But now that we keep, we keep going further and further, we're having to pick movies that only one or two of us like in the or one to three of us like and the other one to three of us don't like it, it's it's like it's getting harder and harder to get something that all four of us are going to like this is true this is true and i think that was part of how we transitioned in season two we are in season two now of our podcast and one of the things that we did was kind of have more individual input and that's where the wheel of insanity comes in and so yeah it's fun to to do those and it's, i enjoy this podcast and enjoy talking even with some of the movies that we don't like uh, you know some of my favorite episodes were some of those like killer clowns even though watching the movie was torture um. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking about season Hi, two speaking about season two i think this will be episode 74 and unless we have a reason to put something in between then the uh, oceans 11 will be episode 75 so we'll be halfway through season two so maybe one thing to think about unless you really want to save it to the end of the season is uh some of the favorite episodes that we've done so far in season two that's true they're all bad except for all of them what but gentlemen with that we're going to call this a wrap and call this an episode. I do want to encourage all of our listeners out there to continue to enjoy whatever makes you a discerning geek. Uh, let us know what that is. Maybe we'll highlight a movie or a show that you suggest um, in our email. And again, that email is discerninggeeks at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, the Discerning Geeks portal or on Twitter at Discerning Geeks. And continue to do whatever makes you a discerning geek. Did you ever flashy thing me? I ain't kidding, man. Did you ever flashy thing me? Have a good evening, guys. May the force be with you. Always. I ain't playing, Cage. You ever flashy thing me? <laughs> <laughs>